0: Great to be together. Uh, Welcome. If you're a visitor, it is super to see you. My name is Josh. I'm part of the leadership team here, and it's my privilege to open up the Bible with you today as we trust that God will speak to us through Scripture. God promises that His Scripture is alive and it's active, which means that today it's just as powerful as it was yesterday, and it's going to be just as powerful tomorrow. And so when we come, when we open the Bible, it's a privilege to know that God is going to speak. He is going to teach us. Uh, So we're going to be continuing our series. Probably take Facebook off my phone. There we go. Do some uh, social media updates at the same time. Uh, We're going to be continuing our series this week, looking at the Lord's Prayer. It's week four. Uh, So far we have heard that uh, Jesus starts the prayer in Aramaic. Father, Abba, Father. He is Father, individual. He is Father, For us as a people as well, we say, our Father. We have heard uh, that his name be made holy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That means your name be made holy. We've heard that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today's uh, subject is in the middle of Luke's retelling of the Lord's Prayer. So we find the Lord's Prayer in two places. Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11, I'm going to go with. And in Luke's retelling, there's five statements that Jesus makes in the Lord's Prayer. And what we find today is the middle statement that we are looking at. And if you know anything about ancient writing, Alid touched on this, you'll know that the middle is the point. That's the, that's the climactic point. That is the really the turning point. So you'd write... A couple of things, and then whatever you write in the middle, that is like the writer's most important point. Okay, for us, we put it often at the end of a story. Ancient writing is right in the middle. And so as we get to the text today, we kind of get to Jesus saying, no, this is the most important part of the prayer, if you like. Okay, there's five things, and we're looking at the thing in the middle. And that might get you thinking, we've had Father, we've had hallowed be your name. Your name be made holy. We've had your kingdom come, your will be done. We've had some really quite big prayers. I think you probably would agree with me. And so that's got to lead us into thinking, well, what is going to be bigger than that? What is going to be bigger than your kingdom come? What is going to be bigger than your name be made holy? What is going to be bigger than your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And this is what Jesus says, give us today our daily bread. That is the climactic point of the Lord's prayer. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you just for earlier as we were led into a time of response, of uh, coming to the fountain that doesn't run out, uh, asking for healing. God, we just pray as we open scripture together, as we look at just a couple of words Lord, will you impact us? Lord, we do trust that you can change lives. And we pray this morning as we meet, as we gather, as we hear, as we pray, that you will change our lives through your powerful name. Amen. So, give us today our daily bread. Now, try as I might to find some crazy, deep explanation for what Jesus meant when he said, daily bread, I came up with nothing. In fact, the early church, they, they tried to over they realized this is such an important thing that Jesus is saying. This is something that he's teaching everyone to pray. This, there must be something really deep in what Jesus is saying. This bread, trying to work it out. Even the more, the more modern church would say, okay, perhaps it means so, link it to the manna coming from heaven uh, or the messianic banquet that is going to be coming, and trying to find some sort of spiritual meaning behind what Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. And try as I might as well to try and find some super spiritual meaning. The reality is that Jesus was talking about bread. So I kind of feel like we can leave it there. What am I going to say today? That this is the point of what Jesus was saying. Give us today our daily bread. It really is as simple as it sounds. Now, of course, in our culture, we maybe would swap out bread for potatoes or something. But in, the ancient, in, the, in these days, it was bread was the staple of the diet. So now we can say, give us today, provide for us today, but it really is as simple as that. So as we as we hit the halfway point, we've had two before, we've got two coming afterwards, there is this beautifully down to earth question that Jesus teaches us to pray. Give us today our daily bread. Is that it putting everyone off? Nothing to see here. It's that spot the difference. Hmm Anyone want to like tell me what he's done? No, you've all got his back. It's very sad to see. Uh, but it's just it's beautifully simple what Jesus is teaching us to pray today. Give us today our daily bread. And if you're anything like me, you might be quite good at the big prayers. You might be good at your kingdom come prayers. You might be good at the salvation. Lord, I pray for this person to get saved. You might be good at your will-be-done prayers. But if you're anything like me, you might struggle with the give me my daily bread. Lord, will you provide for me today in a simple way? Will you look after me? Will you care for me? Will you lead me? Will you give me my daily bread? Yet in the middle of this magnificent teaching on prayer, Jesus says, that is how you should pray. Give me today my daily bread. Which reveals something magnificent for us. It reveals that our Father, who is in heaven, whose name be made holy, whose kingdom will come, has come and will come, whose will is being done and will be done. He cares for each one of us. Which even as we responded, as Nina led us during the worship, there's a real Example there of God's care for each one of you. Anyone who's sick, come to the doctor. Is anyone anyone thirsty? Come to the one whose water never runs out. That's care for us. That demonstrates the heart of God. He cares. And so when teaching give us today our daily bread, he doesn't just want us to ask for the big things. Now he does, absolutely. But he also wants us to ask for the small, seemingly potentially insignificant things in our lives, as simple as bread. And that reveals, and is something that we've already talked about, that prayer, it's a, a relational act between a father and a child. That is that's what prayers. Jesus kind of like puts this prayer in context as he says, Abba, and then you, you kind of follow the prayer through. It's all about father and child relationship. And as a father, I know that I care and want to care for my child's physical needs. Absolutely his spiritual. Absolutely, I pray the big prayers, but I do like putting a plate of food on the table for my boys. And two, and three, and four, because they eat a lot. They eat like adults. I have a one-year-old who eats like a ten-year-old, a five-year-old who eats like a twenty-year-old, and a seven-year-old who eats like three. But I I love to provide for my kids' physical needs, and that's what our Father does with us. And there's some fascinating uh, encounters with Jesus. As, As you go through the Gospels, one where he just meets with people, and it's obvious that he just wants to talk to them. He just wants to be relational with them. So you've got John chapter 5, and there's this man who's been lame for 38 years. He's not been able to walk for 38 years, and he has put himself, or his friends, I guess, have put himself by this healing pool. Okay? and all you can imagine, loads of people who think there's this special pool that heals, and so you've got the blind, you've got the sick, you've got the lame. And Jesus approaches this, this guy, and he says, these words to him, do you want to get well? And you can imagine Peter, the loud-mouth disciple, who just, you know, is there any external processes amongst us? Like Peter is an external, pro- he just says. And you can imagine him kind of like elbowing Jesus, like look around, you've done pretty well so far, Jesus, but kind of this is a bit of an obvious one. He's by the healing pool, he's not been walking for 38 years, come on, Jesus. He's like, excuse my mate, excuse my mate. But Jesus says, like, do, you, do you want to get well and I wonder why does he say that because as uh, Maria read last week Colossians 1 describes Jesus as the image of the invisible God he knows what we want before we even know what we want that's who Jesus that's who God is yet he goes to a seemingly obvious situation where there is a lame guy who's not walked for I guess the majority of his life by a healing pool and he says to him do you want to get well like why does he do that? And I want to suggest that it's like Jesus just loves relationship. It's almost like he, he says, I want to hear you say it. I want to hear you talk to me. I want to hear you ask. And we see that happens with God the Father and God the Son in Psalm 2. Ask me for the nations. And I will make them your inheritance. There's this relational act between father and son. And anyone who has ever reacted with a child, whatever relationship that is, there's this asking and question. It just demonstrates relationship. My kids ask me things because it's how relationship is built. And as Jesus comes to this midpoint of his prayer, he teaches us to ask out of relationship. So all of a sudden, these, there's yours, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. These yours, there's three yours. Then suddenly, what happens is the rest of the prayer goes into ours. It becomes petition. We ask our Father for daily bread, for forgiveness, for deliverance. We ask. Suddenly, there's this beautiful, like relational aspect of the prayer where a child comes to their father and says, "Abba, Daddy, Papa." Can I have my daily bread? We read this this just beautiful relationship that Jesus is talking us about to us about, and it it is centered around being a people who ask. And as I was uh, preparing, there's a scripture in James four that came into my mind, and it says, "This you don't have because you don't ask." I felt just for us as a church that there's a there's a prompting. It's a prophetic prompting to us to be a people who ask, to be a people who are bold. And James, it's a bit of a crazy context, but in that context, he says, do you know what, you don't have because you don't ask. It's like they're almost trying to do it on their own. And James is just saying, brother of Jesus, Jakob in Swedish, and in most other language, Jacob. For some reason, English have put him as James, but there we go, leave that for another day and that will distract you all for the rest of the preach now perfect just what i wanted but is it for some reason that they're not they're just not asking and i believe for us in this new season as we are exploring prayer again as we we're saying once again we say this regularly we turn we turn we say once again we want to put prayer right in the middle as if you were there for the first week as we looked at this boring cardboard box and as we pray that that will become a place of exploration and a place of enjoying the father's presence as we are doing that i believe that god would say to us ask ask me for things and you may respond to that by saying like, are we allowed to ask like as little people compared to a holy God, are we allowed to ask? Is it not taking a liberty, like a bit cheeky? And I just want to absolutely land this with us. Then not only are we allowed to, I believe it is our responsibility to ask. Jesus, in coming to earth, tabernacling, becoming Flesh living on earth, God becomes becomes man as he lives a life, as he dies a death, as he is resurrected, as he ascends, does that for us, so that we can have this relationship, so that we can have the ability to boldly, we read in Romans, approach or Hebrews perhaps, uh, Hebrews, we boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence. And he will help in our time of need. We will find grace because of what Jesus has done. So dare we ask, absolutely. In our confidence, no. In Jesus' blood, he has won the victory. And what victory that is, is access to the Father. It's what he's done. And so it means we can boldly ask. And it means James, Jacob, can say, you don't have because you don't ask. Ask The Father. Friends, you are not a servant or a doorkeeper in the courts of the King. You are not a stranger. You are not meeting Him for the first time. No, God the Father. Sounds lively out there, doesn't it? God the Father is your Father. You are a child. You are loved. You are welcomed to ask. You're welcome, you are encouraged to be bold. And I actually almost feel uh, that, that God not only sort of like wants us, like it's like we get to be bold, but I, I believe that he wants us to be bold in his presence. I, I, I believe if we really understand the relationship father-child, that he wants us to be bold. There's two ways that my boys behave. One is around people that they don't know very well, and then if you get a hello out of them, you're doing well. Okay, They're super sweet, they're super calm, they're like little angels. That's what, how they behave around people who they don't know. They maybe would ask something very unlikely. There's this other side to my boys, and you would have seen it if you know them to any extent at all. Where they're quite the opposites to angels, where they're running around, where they're loud, where they're just completely at home in your presence. And there's a few smiling at me who obviously have met that side of my boys. And they are, they're wild. They kind of like let loose. They're, just, they're free. In fact, I promised Godwin I'd bring Tottenham into the preach uh, this morning. And yesterday, Tottenham scored a lot. It's Tottenham's my football club. And they scored a last minute goal in like the, the hundredth minute. So it's really last minute my boys went wild like i am telling you like the neighbors 5 doors down like in a different city heard it was crazy they just let loose they wouldn't have done that if they weren't safe in my presence they wouldn't have done that if there were strangers around but they went crazy and i believe that god is calling us to be a people who go crazy in the presence of a father who knows who loves who cares for us being safe in his presence. He wants us to ask, and we, friends, can let loose. So I wonder what's in your head right now about what you'd like to ask. There's nothing that you can't ask your father. You can let loose. You can be yourself. He has welcomed you because, not of you, but because of Jesus. And just, if you are exploring Christianity this morning and you're sort of thinking, okay, how, what, what is Christianity kind of all really about? Well, it's all about this. It's about a God who became flesh out of love for you so that you could be brought in. And there's some of us, no, there's all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. And Jesus comes as payment for those mistakes. And you can accept Jesus this morning as your payment and so that you get access into this beautiful relationship where you can let loose with your father. So we're gonna in a few minutes we're gonna respond uh with communion and I encourage if that's you just this morning just say Father or Jesus, I want to accept you and what you have done for me in my life. Uh but yes, yeah, Jesus wants us to ask. And today, what he wants us to ask about is super simple, as I've said. It's bread. Give us today our daily bread. Now, have you ever walked past a bakery when they have just made bread or are making bread? I'm getting a lot of, Yeah, Is there anything better than the smell of fresh bread? For me, it's right up there. It's just you kind of you just have to buy some bread when you smell it and you get it home and does anyone else squeeze all the all the fresh bread to find like the hottest and the crispiest and the nicest? Just me? Natalie's so angry with me. You're one of those that touches all the bread. <laughs> i do the same with avocados as well, I'm sorry. I'll go for the, the softer ones. <laughs> but you know, you, you find this beautiful bit of bread and and you take it home and you just you and the crust, you know, shatters. And inside it's like fluffy and soft and warm, just the right amount, not too stodgy, just fluffy. And you put some nice butter on it, a bit of maybe sea salt flakes. Not good for you, but good for you. Clayton, he's taking notes, first time ever. Right, sea flakes. But it's it's delicious, right? It's good stuff. This bread was bought a week ago. You'd be going to the dentist if you tried this bread. This is like good for nothing other than the foundation of a house or something similar. It's absolutely rock hard. When Jesus teaches us to pray for bread, there is a rhythm to it and is a daily rhythm. It's no point for praying for what we need for seven years down the line. He says, no, pray. And again, it's about relationship, right? It's about a regular conversation with a father who cares. It says, again, today, pray for your daily, daily bread. There is a daily expectation of dependence on the father. He doesn't expect us to do it alone. He doesn't expect us to think, okay, today's all good. I've got it. I've got this one. And that challenges the culture that we live in and even ourselves, that we can provide for ourselves. It challenges that. You see, perhaps we trust God with the big things, okay, the salvations. We pray to God for salvation, because we know we can't do that. We perhaps pray the big prayers like, your kingdom come, because we know like we can't like, put it down ourselves. We can't do that, so we pray to God for that. We pray that your name be made holy, because we can't really make God's name holy, But we can put food on our plate. And so we say, oh God, well, you do those big things and kind of leave this to me. I've got the money I need. I've got the health I need. I've got everything that I need to provide for myself. And that is what culture teaches us. Provide for yourself. Look after number one. When Jesus teaches us to pray, he teaches us to pray in a way that is dependent on the Father. For the big, do we pray, Lord, will you just bring revival in this city? Do we pray for salvation? Yes, we do. We do. Do we pray your kingdom come? Yes, we do. But Jesus also wants us to pray for the day by day small things. Lord, give us today this daily bread and in fact the big prayers I would argue are only possible if the small prayers have been answered. We can't ba- pray big prayers if we've not had provision and there's this beautiful uh, example of this in at the end of uh, the gospel of John where Peter has denied Jesus three times the, cu- the, the crow cuckoo cuckoo hen thing crows and makes a noise and he's denied Jesus three times and so Peter, you can imagine how he feels at that moment. And then it's days later, Jesus asks Peter to come to him. And Peter, kind of like with his towel behind his legs, knowing what he has done, what is Jesus going to say to me? And Jesus has got some big things to say to Peter. He really does. So if you go through the book of Acts, you'll see how, how much of an important person Peter was to the early church. The day of Pentecost, it's Peter who speaks, suddenly bold. Yet before Jesus speaks to him about feeding my sheep and loving his people, he says this, sit down, I've just done a barbecue. I've got some fish and some bread, eat. And there's a real earthly care of Peter. Before he commissions him, he fills him with literal food. He provides the bread before saying this is who you are to be this is what you're going to be doing he provides for his physical needs as well as soon to be his spiritual needs and friends it's the same for us Jesus really does care for you each one of you and he pray he cares that you are eating as simple things as daily bread and in fact in I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's Matthew in chapter 7 or Luke. After one of the prayers, he says, even the sparrows are provided for. Even the sparrows. Like this unimpressive bird. But God looks after them. Of course, he is going to look after his children. He cares about our daily Bread, and I was just thinking about testimonies and like telling of stories of provision. And I reckon I could leave the microphone open, and and story after story of God's provision would come up as different people share. I'm not going to do that. We're actually going to probably do that in a couple of weeks as we celebrate our eighth birthday as a church. It's great to celebrate the faithfulness of God, and maybe one or two of us will share about things like God's provision. But a story for, for me is, wh- I, fer- I felt God speak to me about my priorities when I was around the age of 23, 24. I was working in a school, uh, which was an EBD school, so a school for very challenging children, basically. And it's full-time, so I was working through the night, through the weekends, and it would, meant, it would mean that I would miss every other Sunday, I'd miss every other small group, uh, and so I that's how I did. I was leading small group, but I wasn't really leading small group. I wasn't there as much as I should have been. I felt God speak to me about priorities and I was on an okay salary. And the conversation that I had with my church leader basically went like this look, I feel God speaking to me about prioritizing things. And he said, Great. Why don't you come and work for the church for free? And I said, yeah. By the way, if anyone wants to have that conversation with me, you know how it will go. <laughs> but Nina had literally just qualified as a teacher, had this minimum wage, basically hardly anything, and we knew that it was going to be very difficult. But we felt that God was in it, and so we took away my salary completely. And that that two years was just, I mean, an amazing testimony to the provision of daily bread. Like we had money in envelopes just randomly, just like appear through our door, underneath our door. We had we'd turn up to church on a Sunday, and like, it was just so powerful. Like Someone would come up, and it would be through someone else. So It was all a bit kind of like they would want to stay anonymous. And there'd be like cash, as in like 10,000 crowns worth of cash, like serious money that would provide for our food, our electricity bill for that month. And we just lived month by month not having enough money, and month by month seeing God provide for us. It was just this beautiful time of seeing the provision of God, the daily bread that God was providing. And there's loads of stories like that, right? I could say other stories. I'm sure we all could as we see and as we understand the provision of a God who cares for us. He cares for us. He does. And this prayer, it, it encourages a daily uh, dependence on God to provide for us in a culture where we perhaps would be like, Josh, should you have really, I mean, think about savings. Think about saving up for a house. At that point, we didn't have a house. You know, you're going to have to buy a house one day, deposit. Think about that. We were able to save 150 crowns, 10 pounds or maybe 20 pounds a a month, which is like Freddie, my child, saves more than that. (laughs) I was like like a 25-year-old, 23-year-old. You know, young married couple, and you know the worldly wisdom would say, like, "Think about these things." But there's this heavenly perspective, and we've got to be wise in this, of course, but of just understanding the provision of God in quite an amazing way. And Jesus just says, "Just ask me for daily bread, ask me for provision." And so perhaps this morning you're thinking, oh, "There's something that I need provision for." I just believe that Jesus would just say, "Ask me for it, ask me for it. Take the weight off your own shoulders." And ask me for it. His yoke is easy. He doesn't ask us to carry all the world's problems. He says, give them to me. Ask me. Seek me. And I think, if I'm being honest, we can get too hung up on big prayers. Yeah? Yeah? I don't know if I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I'm not sure how many people have heard someone else pray and heard Job and brilliantly encourages all to pray out. And then you've heard someone's prayer that is like the most theologically sound. Like Charles Spurgeon would have like been like <laughs> impressed himself as he hears this prayer, like just brings tears to the eyes of everyone listening. And then you're kind of like, you want to pray something, and then you like, you just heard that, and you're like, oh, you know, like, oh. can't even speak English properly. I can't, by the way, that's me, or Swedish. And yet I believe that God wants a people who say simple, childlike prayers. Give us today our daily bread. And so I want to encourage you and I want to release you this morning to do that. I really do. I just think it's beautiful. Jesus pushes away his disciples and he says, "Let, let the children come to me. The disciples who would, have, who would have been able to put together a bit of a better sentence, probably, some of them, actually is like, no, I just want to be with the kids. And this morning he says that. He wants to welcome us. And it doesn't matter how impressive your prayers are. In fact, I think quite the opposite. I think he wants a people who are able to say things like, Dad, I'm hungry. Dad, I love you. Father, you are good. Or in Swedish, Papa, do är or in a different language. doesn't need to be more complicated than that. I actually think there's real power in those small prayers. So let's go for that. Let's make sure that it's really part of our meetings together, when we meet, Sundays, prayer meetings, small groups, all that, but also in our individual prayer life. Don't go wild, just come like a child that rhymed. And and just to say as well, food is absolutely part of what Jesus was saying. But in our culture, there are other things, as there would have been then as well, where we're looking and asking God for provision in. It might be, so one of the things for me was finance. God, we we need some money. We need to pay the bills. We need to buy some food. There might be other things that we need on a daily basis. Wisdom. Father, I'm not wise. Just give me today my daily dose of wisdom. I mean, it's so difficult at like at different workplaces. This all of a sudden, a bit of gossip starts to happen about a colleague who's not in the room, and you're kind of part of the conversation. And then they're talking about that person. That Josh, what do you think? And it's like, Father, give me today my daily wisdom. Spirit, help me. Patience. Those of us that are teachers, for sure, give me today my daily patience, so I don't lose my temper. Healing, God will provide, and notice he doesn't say, Give me today my daily Ferrari or my daily steak. no it's bread it's simple i I was sickened and amused and shocked all in the same time when I saw a like a YouTube clip of this prosperity preacher in in the states who said. I've done sick, not again. I've done poor, not again. I've got the biggest house in the whole of California. How big, I hear you say? 40,000 square feet. And everyone's like applauding. And and it's like, no, that's completely wrong. God doesn't say that. He doesn't say, ask me, uh, give us today this daily extravagant thing. No, he says, give us today bread. Provide for what I need. Look after what I need. He doesn't promise bigger things than that, but he does promise to provide everything that we need. And friends, it's not only just okay to ask for prayers of provision, but Jesus puts it in the middle of the prayer to highlight the importance of it because it demonstrates a real relationship with the Father. It demonstrates a child-to-father relationship. I want to, Al, if you're okay to come up, we're uh, going to worship again. I just want to give a bit of homework if I'm allowed to do that. I do work as a teacher one day a week, and so homework, we'll be checking up next Sunday. Uh, And it's a super simple thing. I just want to encourage us every day for this week, seven days, went to school, pray for daily bread, Ask God to provide something, and that might be patience, that might be humility, that might be finances, that might be uh, food. Ask God to provide. It might be joy. It might be a conversation. Open a door. But let's, let's just do that, just briefly, take 30 seconds, if that, every day, God, can you provide X, Y, and Z for me? Can I get us to stand?